Okay, we'll go real fast. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. I'm Mike Anderson, and this is the Anderson Analysis, and I'm Mike on the mic. And with me, as always, is Jasmine Gray. <laughs> and joining us for the second time, um, a show favorite, I will say, <laughs> yes, is absolutely. Dr. Kathleen <laughs> Ruddy. Um, and if you missed the first episode mm. that we did, what was the title of that? Do you remember the title of that? Follow the money, I think. Was oh, it follow the money? Uh, I think yeah, it was follow yeah. the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was follow the money. Fascinating. Um, fascinating episode. Mm-hmm. The best word you I could use. I learned so much. I would say watch yeah. it. Um, but let's let's dive right into it. Um, we did talk about, and we have exchanged many conversations about the um, an unvaccinated blood directory regis- registry, right? right? right. Um, if you want to walk us through what you were working on involving that, and that would be fantastic. Right. So uh, Radius Health Exchange was conceived a little over a year ago uh, by its founders um, who had in mind to create an online directory, kind of a yellow pages, of independent healthcare professionals who were willing to use their judgment to provide um, fully informed consent and freedom of choice with regard to healthcare decisions and while that was a good place to start, um, there have been other entities, uh, online companies that have tried to do s- similar things. We thought, well, we've got to find an edge here. And it occurred to us a year ago that providing unvaccinated blood for those patients who were looking for it uh, would be a real service. The challenge was, how do you puzzle that out? How do you find unvaccinated donors? How do you find physicians and surgeons who are willing to fill out the forms to get that squared away? Uh, Where do you find centers that will facilitate that? And where do patients go to receive that blood, a direct blood donation? So... We worked that out and we launched it. Uh, it is the country's first national coast-to-coast uh, unvaccinated blood donor registry, and it works. Um, so, for instance, I got a call today uh, from a husband uh, in Texas whose wife has uterine fibroids. These are benign growths in the uterus. She's 65 years old. She's had them for over 10 years. And they're producing a lot of bleeding. And she did not want to have a hysterectomy and she didn't want to take any hormones. And so she bled and bled and bled and bled. And she was just bleeding like crazy. And she bled down to a hemoglobin of five over the weekend. And that's really not compatible with life, except I guess God wanted her to hang in there. And her husband got in touch with me and he's like, please, we need to get her unvaccinated blood. Like, yes, you do. So I was able to give him the directions that were required so that he can find unvaccinated blood. She's O negative. Um, The physician and surgeons who can set it up, the facility where she can go and she can get the blood. uh, And hopefully once she's stable, we can then begin to address the problem of how to get those fibroid tumors to stop growing and causing her bleeding. So all across the country, there are patients um, who need blood and are looking for unvaccinated blood. And this is not an unreasonable 
uh, request. It's not an unreasonable choice because in January of this year, uh, Danish scientists published a paper in which they found that 10% of the patients that they studied had evidence of the vaccine, uh, specifically the spike protein, in their blood up to a month after they were vaccinated. 10%. So if we do a little math, there were approximately 11 million blood transfusions in the United States last year. If 70% of those people were vaccinated, ballpark, that's 770, 7.7 million, 7.7 million uh, bags of blood uh, from patients who were vaccinated. 10% of that with spike protein would be 770,000 bags of blood with spike protein, potentially, or 481 transfusions every hour around the clock containing spike protein. So everyone would agree spike protein is bad. Poison. It's bad. It's toxic. It's dangerous. Um, If you need a blood transfusion, you certainly don't need spike protein on top of that. Whatever it is that has put you in a position where you need blood, you don't need spike protein as well. Do they have to, excuse me, if somebody needed, you know, a blood transfusion, um, is that something that the hospital would let them know that they're, you know, this is vaccinated blood? No. no. So they're not even telling them? No. no. Okay. And so this is how... Isn't that... How can, how can you not... <laughs> how can you not do that? You can simply do it if you're the FDA. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So the Red Cross, I did not know this until I looked into it, but the Red Cross answers to the FDA. The FDA has regulatory authority over the blood supply. Oh, dear. That's crazy. Oh, dear. And so the Red Cross says, um, we do not perceive a need to distinguish between vaccinated and unvaccinated blood. Fine. Okay. A lot of mumbo jumbo. Then you go to the FDA and the FDA says, there's no scientific evidence that vaccinated blood is more dangerous than unvaccinated blood. And that's absolutely true. There is no scientific evidence because no one has looked. No one's looked. There is no evidence at all. It's not that you can't trust the science. There is no science. It's convenient. And so they sort of, you know, game out their narrative as if to say, we're not interested in screening the blood for spike protein. Okay. End of discussion. Now, 30, 40 years ago, they had no problem screening the blood for HIV. Right. They screened it for hepatitis B. Okay, they screen it for syphilis. Okay, but they're not going to screen it for spike protein. Could so for those who may not know, could you tell us, you know, what are some, you know, adverse effects of having, you know, a blood transfusion with spike proteins? Oh, well, we don't know. We have no idea. Okay, it's all hypothetical. <clears throat> hypothetical. But, it's, but you know, it's right. like okay, um, what are the potential? Yeah, hazards of getting on a motorcycle without a helmet and going 100 miles an hour. Right. You might be fine, but you might come to a very sudden stop, unexpected sudden stop, okay? In which case, you're dead. Right. We have no clue what the untoward outcomes might be in someone who is receiving a blood transfusion with spike protein in it. We know what happens to somebody 
who is making soy protein as a result of being vaccinated, that's not good. Okay? Kills you. It can kill you. Okay? Gives you myocarditis. I mean, the whole thing. We're seeing such an uptick, yeah. you know, in the, these deaths all of a sudden. Of You're seeing athletes. You're seeing, Terrible. you know... Um, the entertainers just dropping on stage. Yeah. Um, not to mention just the the sudden death syndrome. That's what they're Horrible. called. Sudden adult death syndrome. Horrible. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's very concerning and i just I So can't this is a question that can be answered. Outreach. This is a question that can be answered. Okay. It's possible to answer the question. Is there an unfavorable outcome related to a blood transfusion from someone who's been vaccinated? This is not a mysterious you know, like we'll never be able to know. No, you can do that. You can do a retrospective study. You can do a prospective study. You can come to the answer. Okay. Reasonable. And you can present the data and we can argue about the data, but we can't argue when there's no data. And we certainly can't argue if you refuse to look. So while the FDA is refusing to look and the Red Cross is hiding behind the skirts of the FDA, there are people out there who are smart enough to know that if they're going to need a blood transfusion, they're going to need it because they've got a big problem in their life. And they don't want to add to that problem in any way by having vaccinated blood. Okay? They want unvaccinated blood. Thank you very much. So Radius Health Exchange can help them That's acquire That's amazing. That. It's much needed. This registry mm-hmm. is, um, it's, not a, is it, it's not an on-demand registry, right? No, this is how it works. So we were very mindful that those who would sign up to be a member of the registry, the unvaccinated blood donor registry, needed to have their privacy secured, okay? Um, Complete confidence. And so we asked for the minimal amount of information and no one has access to that information except for really inside Radius Health Exchange. And only physicians and surgeons have access to that through a physician gatekeeper. So you can't go to Radius Health Exchange. Nobody can get in there and just say, oh, let's see if anybody's got A negative blood. Nope, forget it. You're not going to go there. Um, So if you sign up, and we have hundreds of people that have signed up all around the world, um, that's on lockdown. If you are a patient who's looking for unvaccinated blood and you do not have a physician or surgeon who can help you navigate that, um, that's where the directory comes in. So you go to the directory and you can scan the directory and go, oh, Yes, Dr. Ruddy can help me do that. Okay, so, yep, I can do that. And then that member of the directory will also know where to go, how to set it up, who to contact, the paperwork, so on and so forth. And if that particular patient does not have a donor, most of the patients do. So far, you know, everybody from their church, their family, their friends. But if they don't, then the gatekeeper inside Radius Health Exchange can say, oh, in that particular zip code... A negative blood, yes, and then okay. we'll get in touch with that person and say, "Are you still willing?" Yes or no. And this is, I guess, I guess what I was trying to say was it, it's more um, procedural than it would be emergency use. Oh, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, just I just wanted to clarify for anyone kind of listening, yeah. what it would be like. Oh, you know, sure. You're not totally out of the out of the woods if it no. is an emergency. No, if you're a trauma victim. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to go to the trauma center if you're lucky and you're going to take what they give you and you're going to be happy. (laughs) If, if after that you needed additional, so if you were a burn patient, for instance, um, you might need a blood transfusion rather emergently as a, uh, 
burn victim. Mm -hmm. But if you needed additional blood transfusions, which patients with extensive burns frequently do, then you can begin to set that up. Sure. Now, there was a patient parent um, who had a child, Long Island, uh, who needed a blood transfusion, and that particular hospital would not allow a direct blood donation. University of Virginia does not allow a direct blood donation. Forget it? No. So one of the things that I had to do when we were setting up the whole you know, problem solving for this was to find institutions uh, in all of the major cities that would allow a direct blood donation. Okay, some do, some don't. Let's figure out who you know who right. allows it and who doesn't. Right. So um, this is part of sort of a chat group, and I said, transfer the patient. I <laughs> 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 mean, it was you know, there's a baby, whatever you know, the baby was stable, it needed surgery, whatever, it was not going to die immediately. Right. You have 24 hours stabilized baby, go over here. That's what they did. Fine, see you, bye. We're going over here, and then they got the blood. Oh, good. No, that's, I, I think it's a, it's a great program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one more question about that that mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever asked you. Mm -hmm. um, is there any limitation? What, is there a, a supply issue with people on dialysis that would require, that would want it? Sure. Um, I had a, a mother in uh, Texas um, who adopted two sisters. Um, I think they were Asian and they were both born with a blood disorder and they needed regular blood transfusions. Um, she lived outside of Dallas and for years, people from her church, she had a whole group of them all lined up. This was the team, the blood donor team. And they would donate the blood and the children would receive the blood. All of a sudden, six weeks ago, the uh, facility said, no more direct blood donation. She was like, what? Nope, can't do it anymore. I'm like, what, did you get a call from the FDA? <laughs> you yeah. know what's going on here? Um, so she called me. She was desperate. What am I going to do? I said, we'll figure it out. You have the donors. You yeah. just have to move that team somewhere else. She didn't even know that that could be done or yeah. how to do that. So we did that. She's fine. The children are fine. That's okay. amazing. Yeah. Awesome. So you can imagine. You know, a, a mother of children panicked, panicked. Yeah. Yeah. They need blood every three weeks or something, you know? Yeah. And they're going to get it properly. Oh, that is. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing news. That's great. Um, you know, what's crazy. It's like, I don't even know where to go from this because I'm so into the conversation. Like, I'm not even <laughs> thinking a step ahead. Yeah. Like I normally try to do. Like, I'm just trying to just absorb you everything that out. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. It's the ready effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it really is. That is. <laughs> it is. Just like, uh huh. Uh -huh. More, that was more, us more. during our yeah. first episode. <laughs> more input. Bring it. Um, wow. Uh, <clears throat> well, I guess. I mean, it. Just from the last story, it seems like everything kind of stems. I feel like. I guess it's. I feel like kids, children, are like the, uh, are what everyone seems to be going after. Um, mm. and I, I, it's something that you could, I mean, just the last story again, like you said, like if you're a mother and you're, you know, you, you're, you feel helpless trying to protect your children. Yeah. Um, that seems to be in every facet of life anymore. It's, it's like the kids are like a target. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think right. that's the, the saddest thing that's happening right, right now, to be honest. Right. And 
I know we had talked about again the the movie that we we're going to be watching the mm-hmm. coming attraction for Sound of Freedom, but mm-hmm. even disregarding that, um, I I I always said and I might have told you this. I'm pretty sure I have. I always felt that there was a a, a civil war looming in America. I don't, and I recently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. began to think that it's not even going to be a political war. I don't think it's going to be about politics. I don't think it's going to be about who's president or what kind of you know laws or legislation yeah. he's kind of passed. I think it's going to be a war for the kids, and oh, I think people absolutely. are going to be fighting for these children anymore because it's disgusting the stuff yes. I've been seeing yeah. in the parades in New York City. I posted it all over Facebook. You know, you had uh, naked men on bicycles nice. <laughs> at, at, a, at a pride parade with children there. I mean, it's I disgusting mean, on just many levels. Yeah, but this is, but they're really pushing, pushing it here, you know, and, and, yeah. and it, I feel like, you know, they've always been pushing the envelope, but now it's getting to the point where you have naked men. <laughs> you know, and, and and what were they chanting? We're right. here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. Yeah, that was the chant. Well, so here's the good news: is there much so farther you can go? They're admitting it. There's no. not much farther you kids. can go. I mean, I no. think they hit the wall, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you can ignore that, if you can ridicule that, you know, if, if that's the equivalent of John Belushi with pencils up his nose, <laughs> right? In but the people do house, ignore it. Then, it's the craziest thing. People but, people don't find that to be super disturbing. No, they're taking their kids. They're like having oh. their kids clap to this like, hey, look. Yeah. But, you know, okay, so I'm just going to try and look a little bit on the bright side. If you are attempting to astonish and people are bored, you've lost. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If naked men driving, you know, down the street, riding down the street, no longer grabs your attention and children will be bored too. I mean, really, there's only so much genitalia you can look at. Okay. I mean, trust me, you know, I'm a surgeon. <laughs> it's like, oh, nice. Whatever. Okay. What's how much longer till lunch? <laughs> right. I'm hungry. Okay. <laughs> really? So if what they want to do is, you know, shock and awe, I'm like, we're, we're, we're bored. Well, it's, I, I, we're I bored. Feel, we're done. I feel that it's all by design. You break down, you know, morals. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been trying to break down, you know, the family unit, and now they're pushing the envelope with sexuality, and mm-hmm. it really is a, a fight for the children. If you look at all these other countries, yeah. it was always like the government was always telling them, "These aren't your children; these are yeah. our children," yeah. and therefore they would yeah. indoctrinate, uh, pump out propaganda, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. It it would bring you know a country down to its knees until it completely surrendered to communism. We saw that play mm-hmm. over and over and over again in these other countries. Yeah, tyrants and dictators. But it, they hit a wall. Yeah. They hit a wall. But it, but but they, it, 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 they they may have hit a wall. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember where they I read the history of it. Well, the, the 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 wall could be the downfall of a of a great society i should say because i remember mm-hmm. reading and i can't remember where it was so i can't mm-hmm. quote it quote it but mm-hmm. um, to sum it up yeah. it basically said every great society's when every great society failed as they were failing mm-hmm. there was a blurring of gender oh sure of sex yeah, yeah, yeah. um they tried to you know uh, manipulate the children yeah um all again all through through yeah. sex yeah and I think I think this happened in the Roman Empire. That happened just before the sure. Roman yes. Empire fell. I just yeah. learned so, about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So every great society, and, and we're in Typical. that type of transition right <laughs> yeah. now. So, yeah. and it, I mean, if Western society was the great society, I mean, maybe this is the downfall of what we know to be Western society because mm-hmm. 
I mean, nobody wants to fail, obviously, but at the same time, this is not a road you could travel. Like, I don't see this is how I don't see how this could go any further. So like we you said, the wall about, is there. We were talking about something else earlier, a subject that we won't necessarily broach. But the principle, I think, is the same, which is if you can stop it from growing, it will die. If you can stop this from growing, this whole transsex pride as the standard against which the other 85 percent of heterosexuals are compared, all of it, if you can just stop it from growing it will die. Right. Okay. So it can be disconcerting, alarming, uh, it can be depressing. You can figure, Oh God, don't tell me naked men down the middle of the street, you know, in my <laughs> town, <laughs> you know, stop it from growing and it will die. Yeah. It will die. Yeah, well, I just don't just... know how to stop it. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. I, the problem I, I, I just can't imagine it. Like I don't have children, but I can't imagine a parent with young children right now hearing that and not being irate. This is we're here, we're queer, we're here for your children. That's, yeah, that's scary are. to me. Yeah, but they are. Okay. They, well, yeah. so not everyone's irate. No, it's the, it's it's not, the problem. It's true. This yeah. is, so I know people who are you know gay and are absolutely furious yeah. about this whole movement. Yeah. They want nothing to do with it. They're like, this is disgusting. I know gay couples with children that do not want any part of that because. It's it's wild what yeah. we're seeing. I just saw today that there are three school districts, and I only briefly looked at it, mm-hmm. so I don't have much detail, but um, are being sued because they want to... It's a school district. They want to warn parents or notify the parents if their child is claiming to be trans, and the state of New Jersey is saying, no, you can't do that. No, not allowed. What? Yeah. What? You're telling a school district that they yeah. are not allowed to alert the parents and notify them, hey, yeah. your child is saying that they may be trans. And yeah. to me, that, that that's wild. This is this is the point at, yeah. to... It, that yeah, that's should be a red Jersey flag. Too, yeah. right? I mean, that's like a, if that's well, not a red flag for people, I, I mean, I don't know what, what else to say. This is crazy. Well... It is a red flag, and at least in my town uh, and the surrounding towns, we have figured a strategy to deal with that very specific issue. That very specific issue. We did. We ran the sex ed guidelines out of our curriculum, successfully did that. Oh, that's amazing. And we're putting a stop to that nonsense where the state can decide that the parents will not be notified if their child expresses some question about their sexual identity. There are ways around that. The state doesn't want you to even think that there are ways around it. The state right. wants to think that, you know, wants you to believe that you're beaten. No. Well, this you're is not. a, so now they're threatening to, you know, hold back on funding if these school districts do not comply. Yep. Now I've worked in education for a very long time and I've yeah basically worked with every age group, I can assure you Mm -hmm. that no preschooler or kindergartner that I've ever witnessed was questioning genitalia, was masturbating, uh, that we needed to teach, you know, about masturbation to kindergartners. It's crazy to see that this is being pushed in school districts as well as 
what's being pushed, the ban books. I see lawn signs everywhere. This town is against banning books. No, it's pornography. (laughs) At the end of the day, it's pornography. If a parent shows up to a board of ed meeting and with one of these books and yeah. reads it yeah. and the board of ed members are like you can't say that. I love those this, videos I love those videos yeah, too what great. do you mean we got it from the lo- school library right. and then, we can't so talk about blowjobs and, yeah. and doing this and that <laughs> that's how you push back when the parents show up and start reading from yeah. these books okay? I love it yeah, yeah. The, the, it's, it's happening yes. at more and more board of ed meetings and yeah. I love and seeing it, that it actually becomes part of the record I remember yeah. going to the board uh, last year and saying, in addition to pulling these sex ed guidelines, which we got a petition overnight, hundreds of signatures, put it on the superintendent's desk, put a copy on the mayor's desk so that the mayor knew it was his problem too. And I said, if there are any penalties, I would like for you, superintendent, to specify what those penalties are. So Trenton was on notice, the state board was on notice, the superintendent was on notice. If you're thinking of applying penalties as a result of canning these sex ed guidelines, you're going to have to put that in writing so that we can come back and have that discussion. Basically, what you're dealing with are cowards. These are cowards who hold very lucrative positions, and they want nothing except to move paper from one side of the desk to the other and ride the fire engine down Main Street on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's it. When you present to them a problem or a challenge, they're like, oh, no, no. Don't want a problem or a challenge, right. okay? So you say to them, I want to know what the penalties are. If Trenton wants to apply a penalty, I want to know who's going to be penalized. Oh, you're going to cut school lunches? You're going to cut school lunches for the poorest people in this town? Is that what you intend to do? No, they're not going to do that. You just call them on it. Right. And they, they run. They run. <laughs> yes. Okay? Yes. Not far enough, but they do run. We have Not wit. far enough. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. But yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you're right. Getting stuff on record is uh, absolutely is really important. You're a big. I, I am. Mm-hmm. So whenever I attend a meeting and I ask mm-hmm. questions, I already mm-hmm. have the answer. Tell her about wanna... the last meeting that you attended. <laughs> yeah. So the last meeting. This is wild, by the way. <laughs> the last yeah. meeting that uh, we attended. Yeah, we attended. So we had caught wind of um, our town um, taking on 700 migrants. Um, and it, illegal migrants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stress the word illegal. What, what town? How is it? Rutherford. Rutherford. Okay. Rutherford. Okay. So we have two hotels in town, and they were going to oh. fill up both hotels. One's a really nice hotel, the Renaissance Hotel. Okay. But wow. we heard. Yeah, we went from, to both. <laughs> yeah, we went to both. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we heard, you know, at first it was going to be for four months, potentially leading up to possibly three years. Uh, we were concerned about resources. Do we have who's going to be funding yes. this? Right. How are we going to be able to provide our schools are at max? So yeah. these were some questions that I had at the mayor and council meeting. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised that mm-hmm. uh, they addressed it because our meetings are set up where when they open up the floor, you can come up with your statements and questions. It's not a back and forth. Right. Then, you know, when you sit down and that that portion right. of the meetings closed, They'll respond if they want. Usually, right. I never get a response mm-hmm. because I usually well, ask questions. This was this was, you, you were about very things careful. that I've Oprahed, so I already yeah. know the answer. I just want it on public record. You were yeah. very careful in what you asked in that last in the meeting. So it had nothing very. to do with migrants per se. Yeah. We didn't ask about migrants, or you yeah, didn't ask yeah, about yeah. migrants. Right. What she asked was, was are you guys specific. having secret meetings oh, yes. about yes. migrants? 
And the oh, answer good. is, which we knew yeah. already, was yeah. yes, you guys are having multiple meetings every night about wow. this migrant situation uh-huh. that's going to be coming, but nobody knows about it in town. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it was it was very concerning because um, we knew people that were complaining about it, uh, aren't weren't happy about it. And the fact that you're meeting secretly behind closed doors so that you, A, if it does happen, you can say, well, we didn't know about it. You know, or if it doesn't happen, you don't care about these meetings. But you know, it's it's, it's what is it? Plausible deniability, I think, is what it would yeah. be called. So yeah. it kind of erupted this meeting. It erupted yeah, the meeting. Erupted. <laughs> it yeah, erupted. yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> one councilman, one council member was Good. like, she's she was like, well, we're gonna can we just let the the attorneys answer that? That's all she wanted was to she have wanted the, the attorneys attorney to answer, answer. and then it just right. it really just you know. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Good. The mayor the dove in. Good. The he mayor dove in, in and he was like, we can't do it. it. We can't actually do it because we don't have the resources to do anything like that. Good. And in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, but so you're trying to say that it's not happening, but at the same yeah. time, you're you're not saying, well, mm-hmm. you're not saying so much that you're having the meetings. Like it still could happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let people my big argument is when you want something done, if you're not, if you don't want it to happen, why would you keep it a secret from majority of the people that don't want it to happen as well? Like we went to the hotels. I asked the manager there. I'm like, "What's going yeah. on with these migrants coming in?" Yeah, and they were like, "I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll stand in the driveway with a sign. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll let other people coming in know that like yeah. you might not be able to stay here next month. <laughs> Because it's going to be taken up. You're not going to be able to stay here. <laughs> Good for you. you know, like, I don't mind. Like, like if you if you that's travel great. for business every couple of months and you're in the area, you better find a different hotel. Good but that's you. another thing. They want mm-hmm. to fill all of South Bergen County. Oh yeah, it wasn't just Rutherford. It wasn't it was, just there was, Rutherford. It was yeah. it was East Rutherford, Rutherford, Carlstadt, and yeah, Lyndhurst that were in discussions now yeah. about housing yeah. migrants, and there a couple of towns are trying mm-hmm. to fight it. Yeah, with guess ordinances. what the price tag was. Oh, Guess I how much can't. it would cost for oh, them to be I here? Can't yeah, like a college tuition. <laughs> oh. Okay, like you could go to the University of Pennsylvania Law School, right? Two hundred and ninety million dollars. Yeah, that was the math we, on it. Yeah, right. So we had if already heard. We had already heard that the cost per mm-hmm. night, yeah. that the hotels would be getting, would be between eight hundred to a thousand dollars. This not per night was, per room per night per room, and this was actually confirmed. By an elected official after the meeting. And that who owns the hotels? Um, I actually looked into that. Uh, who owns the hotels? And what is the relationship with the people who are sending the migrants in? I want to say. Yeah, so I want to say. The state controls the hotels. I would be lying. And, and didn't you say Marriott? Because they were. Con- oh, Marriott Bonvoy owns a lot. <laughs> which, which I'm sure they you know. Also, Maybe this is why you're laughing. They They're also the own the hotels that were being used in New York as well. Marriott. Am I yeah. correct? Yeah, well, Marriott, Marriott, they host the WEF in Davos every year. Oh, do yeah, they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's okay. So it's, it's, <laughs> I would stay at a Marriott. Yeah. I, I, this episode should be. <laughs> fall, keep following the money <laughs> yes keep following. <laughs> that's all it is right that's all because, it is, is money yeah so the the blueprint is we're talking organized crime here absolutely it's yeah, organized yeah. crime so you you bring these these poor migrants these poor people i mean really have pity on them but they're they're just pawns they're pawns on the chessboard okay so they come in at eight hundred dollars a night for the guy who owns the marriott who has it part of the whole syndicate for shipping them up from oh yeah 
oh, yeah. Mexico well, to begin with. I mean, really. People. I mean, that's I, I can almost okay. see yeah. where the, the hotel owner is coming from in, well, you're going to give me how much money? To do this? No, no, no. That's part of the crime. It's part of the syndicate. I'm sure they are part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, yeah. you, you can't... Well, I mean, we could assume it. And we could probably assume yeah. it to be true. Yeah. But if it wasn't true, you could almost understand... Like, everyone has a price tag to do something terrible. I'm almost positive. Oh, no. Th- th- this is all being played. No. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. But the other thing about these migrants that we were talking about, which I thought was... One, this is the thing that really blew my mind the most, was the fact that they're completely unvetted people. And I said, look... Mm-hmm. The guy, the mayor basically said, if, if higher up the chain comes down and like we have to do it, you know, we're fighting it. Okay, yeah. great. Could you at least find out who they are? If it has to happen, it has. They have to go. Could we at least find out if they're pedophiles, cartel members, gang members, Chinese murderers? <laughs> yeah, anything. We spoke about that uh, mm-hmm. just in our last episode. Good. I've been to the border, and you have oh, yeah. everybody coming in unchecked through our open southern border everybody from terrorists overseas chinese nationals were buying up land and trying to set up surveillance by military bases it it really is it's wild and like mike said everybody's unvetted you also have the i mean we're eating and abetting in human trafficking because what i learned down at the border is that nobody travels for free nobody travels for free Um, they will shoot you dead, you know, if you do not, you know, have a bracelet, which we saw littering the entire desert. Um, but yeah, it's it's, crazy. So one of the questions, you know, when I spoke about this with people, um, was that, oh, and you know, they're not going to work. They're going to live for free. I said, no, 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 no. I can guarantee you that a majority of these people are going to work because there's a huge, you know, cost that they're going, a debt that they're going to have to pay off to the, the cartel members, you know, for coming over here. Um, a lot of people cannot afford to pay to cross over. So the cartels will tell yeah. them, sure, you can travel for free now when, yeah. when you get over there. Um, if you don't have a job, we can set you up with something. If they set you up with something, then it's like, you know, bonded Mm -hmm. labor. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's really, it's trafficking. It's going to be interesting, um, when the banks close, how they're going to pay all these bills. (laughs) And that was another thing that we brought up. HSBC just came out and said that there's, that, what did they say? I forgot what they said, their exact quote, but they're saying that, uh, we're going to be in a recession in the United States within a year. Well, there's a recession, but there's, if the banks were to fail and they're starting to yeah. collapse, right? You know, all these cartels are dealing with cat. They're not dealing with Bitcoin, okay? They don't have the CBDC. They're not special drawing rights out of the, you know, International Monetary Fund. I mean, these are people that are being bust in, okay, and then bust out, right? Um, how are they going to pay those debts? You know, if the banks are collapsing, what kind of chaos do you think is going to break out down at the border? When no one has the money to pay the bills, the bribes. What do you think is going to happen? Uh-huh. I haven't even thought about the think whole about that. thing. <laughs> think about that. The banks close. The ATMs close. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Follow the money. Like, how much cash do you have in your pocket to pay this guy off and that guy off and this guy who owes big money to this guy? Now you've got the Tony Sopranos dealing with our <laughs> You know, right. nobody has any money. Yeah, it's 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 not going to be pretty. Nope, not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. And people are still so unaware that this is taking place. And people have been ringing the alarm on this for at least a year. It's been, you know, it's quite some time. But no, you don't hear anybody really talking about it. Think about it, though. 
No. Think about it. You know, there there's a planned demolition of what they call, you know, sort of the regional, the local regional banks. This is a scam to consolidate money, okay, uh, and the large money holders into a few huge banks, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, so on and so forth. But nevertheless, they're running out of steam because we're a little bit off track, but it actually applies. They're running out of steam because the Chinese are really not interested in this Western banking system any longer. The Saudis are clearly not interested in the Western banking system. They turned their back on uh, Credit so Suisse. So many nations. Right? Turned their back on Credit Suisse. The Russians aren't interested. I mean, they're not talking to anybody. Nobody's talking to the Russians. Right? <laughs> um, you know, um, Zelensky in uh, Ukraine is like, I need more money. <laughs> <laughs> How would we Too just accidentally, <laughs> we accidentally sent them, what, another $60 billion Yeah, fat fingers. We, we fat yeah. fingered them but six, where's he six billion. Spend it? Where is he going to spend it? You know, so I'm saying it. It'll be well, he's not spending it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's obviously it's coming fun, right back yeah. here. Yeah, it's getting yeah. funneled yeah, back here. It's starting to collapse everywhere. And I'm like, at the end of the day when this thing goes into a full flat spin, right? When it goes into a full flat spin and you're not going to be able to nose up and get out of trouble, okay? Um, you're just going to have a whole lot of people who owe a whole bunch of other people a whole lot of money that doesn't exist. Yep. Okay. And down there in the streets with the guys in the Renaissance Hotel, yep. what do you think that's going to look like? That's going to look like a bunch of people stacked, you know, 10 stories who are hungry. Yep. And nobody can feed them. Yep. So yep. last weekend, yeah, it, last weekend I went to um, the Blexit event, you know, Candace Owens uh, mm -hmm. organization. Mm -hmm. They had to move. So originally it was supposed to be in Williamsburg. Um, Antifa caught wind mm -hmm. and somehow got the vendor uh, to, you mm -hmm. know, kick us out. They are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were like, we're not hosting hate here. And the only people that are threatening hate and violence is Antifa. Mm -hmm. But okay. Mm -hmm. So they scrambled. They found a new venue. Mm -hmm. um, it was, I forgot what area. Uh, I can't remember what area it was in, but it was, it was definitely a rundown area. And they were using, I guess, like the area hotels. So I parked my car. First of all, Every car there was either missing the um, uh, tires, the bumpers were, it was just wild. Two cars looked like they were torched. I was like, where, 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 where was this? Yeah. Um, oh, Camden? Garden City? No. Uh, it'll come back to me. I can't remember. How sad. So it was I'm in sorry. a really Jeez. rundown area. But the air, so there was a couple hotels by this venue. And yeah, they were, I guess, the hotels were being used for housing for migrants. Because you would just see families come out, bring the bikes, let their kids ride the bikes, you know, yeah. in front, and then they'd go back in. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we saw a lot of migrants over there. Speaking of children, though, the mm -hmm. one of the words that we had gotten was that those 700 migrants that were coming to our area yeah. were no children, no women. See, I heard no women, just men. Just men. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I, you heard, you didn't hear that. I heard that from multiple people, yeah. multiple stories. Actually, that was what yeah. was supposed to be happening in Rockland County, in Orange County, but they put a stop but to they, it. But that's still actually, I think, in litigation or whatever. But it's, mm -hmm. they did put a stop to it yeah. for the time being. But oh, that yeah. was only men that were being yeah. sent there. So the question that I have is interesting. How many of them have guns? 
you never know. They're going to need guns. <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, if they're in they're a gun-free zone, then they have a really good shot of getting it. Okay, they're going. Those poor people are going to need guns because the rest of us have guns, right? So there are like 460 million guns in the United States. The most popular gun in the United States is an assault rifle. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's I the most popular gun in America is, is an it? assault rifle. Yes. Um, I don't know a percentage. It's a high percentage. I have to get my, my cousin Danny on the phone. <laughs> Danny's an expert on all this. But yeah, so 460 million guns. You have 300. More than a shotgun? Really? I can't imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Assault rifle. Mm-hmm. Yep, they fly off the shelves. I, I mean, yeah. Uh, and oh so we've been I, yeah, very I guess patient. In the past couple of years. Ago. We've been very patient. We, the United States of America, the citizens, law-abiding, maybe gun-toting, but <laughs> law-abiding citizens of the United States have been very patient, okay? I agree. But when things go full-on wild, we have guns. Yeah. These poor migrants don't have guns. They're going to start doing funny things that are probably not, or will be disruptive to save themselves. Okay. It's going to be very ugly. Yeah. I think it's going to get very ugly. I agree. And it's actually, it's a really good point that you bring up about the guns. Cause I I brought this up to a friend of mine because we always talk, uh, I'm always concerned with the fact that the military has been largely vaccinated. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. But on the other side of that, I say, well, I'm pretty sure we have like what is it twenty million retired military that aren't vaccinated. We got militia. Everybody, yeah. everybody in but the I'm, south. But I'm saying like you actually have like you uh, your retired <laughs> yeah. military actually people with military right. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have like twenty million that have guns, have guns. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. aren't vaccinated. So we oh, have yeah. a pretty large army. Oh yeah. Outside of oh yeah the actual oh, yeah. military that's oh yeah I think compromised to a degree. Yeah, maybe not so much around here, but if you go to, down south and you go out west and so on and so forth. I mean, they're armed. They're armed and ready to go. They've been holding back. Well, New Jersey, you're allowed to conceal carry now. Yeah. Which but is good crazy. luck getting that. I know. I know. Okay. But, I mean, everyone filled out an application right away. I mean, it was like they yeah. got bombarded I, with applications. I have to do mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. do one. I didn't yeah. do one yet. But, but <laughs> in the South, you don't need that. You don't need to register. You don't need to get a permit to carry. I mean, really. Okay. It's a money grab as well. I mean, if they're going to try to prevent it, if you're going to do it, they might as well try to grab money from I you. I think, yeah. I mean, same thing with cars. You don't have to get your car inspected down south. Uh, there's, there's, you don't? There's still Not a, for the most part. I know Florida, you know, I don't think. There's still a lot of factors in the equation that haven't been fully appreciated and accounted for. I know they're sending in migrants and they're coming through the border and so on and so forth. But I talked to a physician, surgeon, in Texas about two weeks ago. Um, and he is around Tyler. Texas, so about mid, you know, Texas, and I said, you know, how's the migrant situation where you are? Oh, we don't have any problem there. Armed to the gills. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. I could be wrong, but I'm thinking that they're coming in, they're pouring across the border, making headlines for good reason. Okay, and then they're getting. Yes, that's exactly what they're okay, doing. It's like you know, they, London yeah, Airport. You know this for sure. Yeah. It's like Mac. London Airport. Off they go. Off. They don't go into Texas because I'm like, everybody in Texas has got two guns. Yeah. Okay. And they all have trucks. Out. Okay. They have armored vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're not coming into Tyler. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. You know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Send them to New Jersey. <laughs> okay. New York. Or New York. Florida. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. All up and down the yeah. Send them Coast. where they want to use And then we'll send them to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. The Isn't whole thing it crazy? Is crazy? 
how <laughs> Martha's Vineyard shipped them right out within what, 24 hours? Yeah. No one saw the hypocrisy in that in this privileged, very privileged area. Well, there's yeah. a guy going around uh, at these events or uh, refugee events or mm-hmm. whatever that they hold for these people. And they're mm-hmm. like, the guy's asking me, he's like, look, here's a here's this paper you can sign to, to, host to adopt. <laughs> yeah, to host a refugee. Would you do it? And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. right, <laughs> like, right. Of course you're not going to do it. Yeah. It's me, yeah. not in my bedroom. Everybody had an excuse. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Yeah. I rent. Oh, 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 no. I yeah. wish I could, but I just don't have the space. Or isn't that <laughs> it's, a br- it's a brilliant video, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really small in my apartment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Whatever. Or you don't, I don't know who they are. Okay, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yes. I, I, but I don't know them. Exactly. None of us do. <laughs> but you that? want it. How about that? Um, I kind of want to stay on the same, on the topic of children again. And mm-hmm. I, this, I think it's a, it's a good time. We'll watch it. If, you, if it's okay with you, we'll watch that. Yeah, sure. We'll watch sure. that, uh, that coming attraction. Okay. You can see it again as well. Um, and then we can talk about it. Gave me such goosebumps. Yeah, it is really, it's really something. And by the way, Angel Studios. Uh-huh. If you're not a member of Angel Studios, I suggest getting on. It's really, it's really a great, uh, a great site and when studio. When is the release? When is the release? July fourth. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I don't, I don't know if it's a limited time release. Like I, I'm going to see it on the seventh. Okay. Um. So I, I think it's for that week that it's being released. Okay. So um, try to stock up. I think th- their goal is two million tickets to represent the two million children that get trafficked every year. Okay. So. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to hear this right away. Let's see. If it's too loud, let me know. How many pedophiles you got? 288. How many kids you found? These are the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. It has already passed the illegal arms trade, and soon it's going to pass the drug trade. Because you can sell a bag of cocaine one time with a child five to ten times a day. God's children are not for sale. It's based on a true story. How long have you been doing this? Twelve years now. How many pedophiles you got? 288. How many kids you found? For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. Which means she'll disappear for good. Imagine walking into a room right now, seeing an empty bed. What we do? You quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. At this moment, she could be a block down the road, or she could be in Moscow, Bangkok, L.A. She's a major operator. It's all rebel territory. No one goes in. Not the army, not the police, not us. What if this was your daughter? There's no Marine unit coming. You're on your own. This job tears you to pieces. And this is my one chest. Put those pieces back together. 
God tells you what to do. An estimated two million children are trafficked every year, and we can help them. Sound of Freedom is based on a true story about real-life heroes saving kids from the dark world of child trafficking. We know this is heartbreaking and it hurts to look at, but the first step in helping these children is hearing their story. Not enough people know this problem exists, and even fewer people are willing to do anything about it. Our goal is to inspire two million people to attend the film's opening weekend. To represent the two million trafficked children around the world,、mm. to spread the word, Angel Studios set up a Pay It Forward program where you can pay for someone else's ticket who might not otherwise see it. If the ticket price is stopping you from attending, claim your free ticket at angel.com/freedom. Sound of Freedom opens the week of July 4th. Every parent, every adult, and every teenager in America. Should be there to see it. If millions of us come together today to see this film, we could propel the movement to help save millions of children around the world. And you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale.、Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Personally, yeah, <clears throat> that's fantastic. I feel like I'm going to be crying. That's.、Fantastic. I feel like I'm on the verge of tears now. <laughs> Seriously, it's. I've been looking into child trafficking for a while, and I mean, it's it's mind blowing what has been taking place for so long. And、mm-hmm. so, when it comes to you know a lot of things being covered up, even by the government, I, I remind people of、um, what is it, the Franklin scandal? Are you familiar with that? No. So,、uh, Boys Town. They were,、oh, yes. yeah, that was the whole thing in the eighties、okay. where the politicians were、yes. actually the、yeah. poli- politicians were involved. DC was involved, FBI,、yeah. CIA,、yeah. local law enforcement,、yeah. and it was a whole child sex traffic ring、yeah. where they were actually taking children from this group home, putting them on private jets, bringing them to DC、mm-hmm. to these sex parties,、yeah. and.、Uh, Supposedly, there were snuff films that were made.、Um, mm-hmm. They had hired a photographer who documented all these sex parties.、Sure. And when the whole thing was exposed, a lot of the victims died mysteriously, as well as the people that were looking to investigate, such as the one, the one.、Um, Agent who had who was on a plane to try to get footage <clears throat> that somebody had taken of you know these children being raped.、Um, uh, the plane mysteriously blew up while he was in it、uh, as well, and and all the pictures and footage that he had retrieved disappeared. So it very interesting, and it was a very it was a very well documented case. So when people are like, "Oh, that's just another conspiracy," look it up. It was very well documented, and it actually、um, uh, it, it made front page of every single newspaper the headline that there were two children,、uh, boy escorts, young male escorts that、mm-hmm. were found in the White House Fourth of July at midnight, getting a private tour. And it made headlines. It's crazy. And I'm like, you can look this up. It's not, you know, it's it's a very disgusting, dark, you know, secret. But this is something that's taking place, and you know, I'm glad that it's getting more exposure. 
Um, I hope it wakes people up, you know, and realize like this is not just something, you know, that people are saying it's it's this is something that's actually taking place. I mean, human trafficking is a hundred and fifty billion dollar a year industry. Think of how many, you know, of the individuals involved are women and children involved in sex trafficking. I think it's probably more than that. I think so, too. Um, But it's a. it's it's easy to consider something conspiracy theory when you don't want to believe it. Right. So wasn't that a whole CIA thing too? Well, that's that, that, <laughs> well, this yeah conspiracy theory was coined by the CIA mm-hmm. um, in the death of Kennedy, I think. But mm-hmm. what Which why I consider involvement. James Caviezel? Yeah, no. <laughs> now they admitted it. Why I consider James Caviezel an absolute hero is because he's supposedly within this. We didn't see in the coming attractions, but in the mm-hmm. in the in the movie, from what I've read, mm-hmm. um, he exposes the CIA as sure. leading this child trafficking cartel. Right. So you know, right. I I really think he put his life in his hands making this film. Um, I'm surprised he's still alive. <laughs> I mean, it's so coincidental for him to die at this point. Well, I mean, I mean, come it's, on. It's, yeah, I, I mean, it would be pointless to kill him. It would yeah. just be punitive. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't even see how it That could. doesn't stop the Clintons, does it? <laughs> no. But that, so speaking of child trafficking, remember, you know, the whole earthquake in Haiti? Yeah. And so the Clintons were very involved. And then um, what's Laura Silsby? She was caught trying to uh, smuggle 33 Haitian children out of the country for... Um, uh, the Clinton's organization and yeah. Hillary Clinton had to go down there, get her out. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing just blew over and nobody spoke about it. She was caught trying to smuggle 33 children. They weren't even orphans. They had parents. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that were in Haiti that were yes. actually helping these victims of this natural disaster, yeah. you know, who started to see what was going on, they called hate, them Haitians out. Haitians hate the Clintons. Oh, they absolutely do. And a lot of them, doctors... Um, they they were found suicided, yeah. which is interesting. Anybody that you know tried to you know blow Clinton. the whistle on them. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we've been very patient yeah. for too long. We I have, agree. For we too have long. absolutely. I'm hoping this movie really lights the fire Me under too. some people's Me asses too. because it's just disgusting. Um, it kind of goes what we had mentioned before, and one of the main takeaways or or or. Uh, largest byproducts of child trafficking is what i don't know if they're going to mention it in the movie but mm-hmm. i have heard caviezel talk about it mm-hmm. is adrenochrome and he i don't think he was in he didn't know what it was for a long time and then he did his research i know i've done my research on it. i'm sure you've done yes, your research on it and horrific. we kind of maybe you learned a little bit from us about it <laughs> yeah. finally we taught you something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know feels good yeah. yeah, something wow. I don't know. So yeah. tell me. So tell me. So uh, debrief me. What it, so what it is that I know is it is adrenaline, adrenalized, adrenalized blood. blood that they that is extracted during um, heightened fear of children. Okay. So they basically scare them okay. or rape them okay. or whatever they do, and then they sure. and then as that's happening, that's when they extract the blood. And so what would be the point of having that? Blood? Uh, it's supposed to keep you young. It's supposed to give you a high. You're supposed yeah. to, it's, they say that it's it's okay. ten times more potent than heroin. Yeah. Um, they, oh. So you can get you can get it on the black market. Um, okay. There was a huge. Oh, t- so yeah, they just so on the dark web. This was something oh. that I think was, it's powderized. 
I don't, I don't think oh, it's liquid. No. I don't think it's so they extract it and turn it into a crystal. I don't think it's liquid. I think, okay. I think the again, this could be totally wrong. But I mean, from what I remember reading, and again, it could be wrong, but it it's not just one form. No, it's that not you could take one. it. Yeah. I'm sure you could just drink the blood. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, maybe I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that it's powderized. Okay, as well. Yeah, right. So, so it's a high. It creates a high. It creates a high, but it's also supposed to be really, really keep young. It's almost like the fountain yeah. of youth. They say. Oh yeah. Yeah. They. I, mean, I don't know who they is, but, but um, either way, either way, no matter what it does, it's a real thing. You know, so for a while it was like taboo that it was like, oh, it's not even, you know. It, and so where fake, are people accessing it? Like, so there must be, I think if we is it that. part of the regular drug cartel or is this another whole so, syndicate, another family running the show? So, like I said, there was a huge market for it on the dark web and people were, I mean, there's, you can basically get anything on the dark web. You can, yeah, the dark web is massive. You can, you can watch snuff films, you can watch live footage of children getting, you know, sexually assaulted. I mean, you can get that on the regular web, but the dark you web is supposed that, to keep yeah. it somewhat um, uh, anonymous. But as far like, maybe Epstein was a peddler. Sure. Maybe I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I never, I haven't had access to it. But yeah, I, I can only imagine where. If you're affiliated with it, if you're a trafficker, if you're running these rape houses, I'm sure you're getting it. I mean, I think it's, I think, what was it? Uh, well, so here's the thing. The question that I would have is, um, why not just synthesize it? And this gets, okay, so you would explore the whole spectrum of Satan. Well, it's when not just act- the high, you got to imagine. It's not just for the high. These, they're perverts as well. Exactly right. That's my point. If because if you can identify adrenochrome, and then you can crystallize it, and then you can um, dispense it in various forms, right? So you can synthesize it. You could you could throw the code for that into bacteria, and the bacteria could make it like they make petroleum and they make you know protein foods, whatever. So you could synthesize it. It'd be pretty straightforward to synthesize it. Mm. Particularly because this is not like a completely new molecule. And we know what adrenaline is. You know, we're very familiar with, you know, steroid hormones and things like that. So there must be some secondary gain to scaring the hell out of these children for the purpose of getting adrenochrome. The the secondary gain is to scare the hell out of the children. It's not to get the adrenochrome. Necessarily. Well, that, yeah, that, that's can, an added benefit just for them. Spit that out it's a of byproduct your, of, the, yeah. of their perversion. Exactly. And look at what's his name. I mean, I, I I try to correlate and kind of connect every dot that I come across. And mm-hmm. Podesta's painting of those kids mm-hmm. against the wall. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure Looking that they were extracted. At, have mm-hmm. you ever really looked into all those artists? So he collects all this artwork, mm-hmm. and I've looked into. Mm-hmm. A lot of those artists and it, yeah. it, it's very triggering. It really is because you can't look at these images and not feel a certain type so of way. Can you it's, pull up the internet? Can you pull up the internet? Yeah. Okay. Pull up Vermeer girl with a pearl earring. Okay. Pull that up. What is it that you want? Vermeer girl with girl a pearl, with pearl earring. earring. Mm-hmm. With pearl earring? Mm-hmm. Girl with pearl earring. 
And speaking of Epstein, notice how nobody from the famous client list has been arrested or house has been raided or the lists being exposed. I'm shocked. <laughs> you want to see the, pa- the, the painting, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this image. I think this is me. Yeah, with you. Come on. So, and you can enlarge it. So, Vermeer has a lot of his paintings are of clearly lascivious men sort of honing in on women. There are a lot of group pictures like that where you can see it's very, very clear. I mean, he's not even trying to hide it. They're innocent women. But... And this is a very, very famous, probably his most famous painting. There was a movie made. Yes, I right. Did you that. see? Did you see the movie? No, you should, I didn't. You should watch it again. It's actually pretty interesting. It was, it had it was this? Johansson was in it. Yes. Yeah. So if you look at this picture closely, this is a young girl, right? She's young. She's just not much past puberty, right? We can sort of tell by her facial, yeah. you know, her bone structure. She's wearing a pearl earring that obviously is nothing that she earned. And based on the, the, the rest of her dress, this is not something that runs in the family. Right. That pearl earring is precious at that time, okay? Um, way beyond her means. So she's she's sporting the pearl earring. And in the movie, they sort of explain how she got the pearl earring. But in any case, who knows whether that's true or not, but that pearl earring does not belong to her, doesn't belong to her family. It's nothing that she's earned. She looks maybe uh, 13? Yeah. Right? About 13 years old. <clears throat> now, what kind of expression? She's looking at the artist. What kind of an expression is that? Um, I don't want to say confused. fearful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I couldn't really like, what's put going my on finger over there? on it, right? She's a little bewildered. Right. She's a little confused. She's not sure. She's unsure. Yes. She's not sure. Right? Like what's what are you gonna what's coming? What's about to happen? What what is going on here? It's a pretty stark expression on her face. It's right. not like, you know, she doesn't look startled. She doesn't look afraid. She's just confused. That's the look of a child before they're raped. How about that? That's the child, one of the 33 children, who was enticed to get on the plane from Haiti. That's the look. She's very beautiful. And she's well adorned because Vermeer wants her to be well adorned. It's interesting. You go back hundreds of years and there it is. There it is. That's a young girl that's getting ready to be taken advantage of. She's not looking at a woman. Okay? She's not looking at an older woman. She's not looking at a parent. She's not looking at a sister. She's looking at a man. Right? Yep. Clear she's absolutely looking at a man who has her dressed up. Interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. 
I've never Vinya. actually looked at <clears throat> this, that expression. Yeah. This painting and really, you know, yeah. dissected it like that. So but you're absolutely right. Spot on. Right. So I, um, I saw the movie. I was going through my library, you know, looking for movies. It's the summertime, whatever. You know. Um, and I had not seen this one. So I, I bought this movie. I thought it was very, very interesting. It was very captivating narrative. Very, very captivating. And, um, but it's called the girl with the pearl earring. That's I never the title heard of it. Of it. Okay. The girl with the pearl earring. And so I was like, you know, I want to know more about Vermeer. You know, I had been to an exhibit of Vermeer, you know, in Washington, DC, this and the other. So I'm at the library again yesterday and I check out a book and this is on the cover. Okay. So it's a big coffee table book. And all of a sudden I was like, it clicked. I'm like, what kind of an expression is that on a girl yeah. this age? What is that all about? Mm-hmm. That's the age-old story. It is of the a predator, story. of a, pre- <clears throat> a predatory men taking advantage of young girls and boys. Right, and now it's just Children turned in into a gigantic industry. That's all. Yes, it's just turned into a huge industry whose purpose is to shred the fabric of society. You know, it's a really good movie. I think. You, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking at the end. Have you ever seen the movie Water? It takes place in India, and um, there's a little girl that is put into this, I guess it's a home for widows or whatever, but her parents had passed away, and they put her into this, you know, women's home, and it's a very sad story, but it was a very well-made movie, and I had to watch it for one of my... um, college courses Mm -hmm. so it was a women's studies Mm -hmm. you know course Mm -hmm. and we had to watch it and that movie is one that always comes to mind i've been meaning to rewatch it Mm -hmm. i would look into water water yeah all right so i got two movies i gotta watch yeah 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 Yeah, uh, when we and the and the the kite runner right the same sort of thing i haven't seen that oh that's three movies i gotta watch oh no that book is good but the movies yeah it's, I'll have yeah. to watch that. Oh yeah, you've got to. Oh yes, indeed. So this is um, this is age old stuff. It's just been like our healthcare system. It's been turned. It's been securitized and <laughs> run into a big syndicate. Mm-hmm. And this is what we have. Yeah, it's been silenced it's, for sure. Yeah. But you know the movie, you know, Sound of Freedom. Yeah, okay, that's a tipping point. Yeah, that's a tipping point. You think? So? I can't um, wait to see I it. Just, well, I you got to see. We got to wait and see. You got to wait and see. I mean, I, I think it is. I mean, just from the coming attractions, there's a scene that they that they let out. Yeah. Um, I should see if I could find it. It's a little bit. It's about. I guess it's around the same length. But it's yeah. the guy that was in that scene with the hat on. Yeah. That um, you know, what do you, I, what was the line? I think he said when when God um. What do you say when God tells you what to do? You don't. Yeah, yeah, question you whatever, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he goes further into that, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I mean. It's, you just, I mean, I can't wait till it comes out. You're just like, yeah. it's, it's disgusting to the point. And I, I, I've, I've said this to people because like, I have a couple of friends that are in the NYPD, and I always ask mm-hmm. them about like, because I love the show SVU, Law and Order SVU. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the one of the greatest shows out there, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Um, especially uncovering and unmasking that kind of lifestyle yeah. or that kind of evil. Um, and everyone will tell you that everything that you see on that show doesn't hold a candle to what actually happens in real life. I know, okay. which is one of the saddest things know, that you okay. can hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But that's the kind of stuff that you, you got to stop. And that's why I think there's going to be a civil war. And that's why I think it's maybe not so, maybe a world war, but it's going to be over children and nothing political, I don't think. Ultimately, I really do. I, I actually firmly believe that. It used to be politics for me. Like, I used to think that was going to be the tipping point. <laughs> like, you know, I could see people trying to go, if you didn't go over war over, yeah. uh, over Donald Trump at this point, yeah. you're probably not going to hit a civil war yeah. with that. Yeah, right. But you start right. going after someone's kids, it doesn't matter what so, so political party So let's party just you're like at. throw in the clutch and put it in fifth gear and go right to Marburg. Because yeah, I was All actually right. I was I was going to come back to that as a matter of fact, because, but let's do it. Because when you're talking about civil war, and I agree, it certainly gives the impression, okay, that we are headed for a climax. Like we're like in the final act of a blockbuster movie, okay, and we're just waiting for everything to explode and and so on and so forth. We hope we're at the final act, as a matter of fact. I hope we're not at the apex. Okay, but I think we, I think, and I think we're going to win. And I tell you why. Um, there's a, a reasonable uh, expectation that the the people who brought us COVID and brought all the rest of us, okay, everything that we've discussed, um, <clears throat> need to have some kind of final terminal event because there's still 9 billion people on the planet. They can't control us. They can't fund us. They can't feed us. They can't move us around. Okay. There are just too many of us. There, there are plenty of them. They think that there are plenty of them. Okay. But there are way too many of us. They have to get rid of us. Yeah. Okay. Um, they weren't able to kill enough of us with COVID. They weren't able to kill enough of us with the vaccine, as it turns out. Although they did a pretty good job. But they really, they've got to get rid of us. Which is why Tejo says, be prepared. It's going to be the end of the world. And they've got the WHO treaty all lined <laughs> up. And they've got the NATO troops. And they you know, yeah. suspended everyone's constitution. Yeah. And Tedros is coming into the rescue. Mm-hmm. It would seem the best estimate uh, about what would happen is Marburg. Marburg. So Marburg is first cousin of Ebola. Remember the Ebola outbreak in West Africa in the yes. 2011, 12, whatever. So when Ebola comes to town, that's it. You're done. Nobody goes anywhere. Nobody does anything. It's just Ebola. It's not like social distancing and shut down the little diner, but leave Walmart. Oh, no. Everything comes to a complete stop. When that was Ebola. Outbreak, right? The movie Outbreak? Or was that no, Ebola? No, no. no, that wasn't Ebola. What was that? No, that was some trumped up. So, okay. Yeah, Andromeda strain, whatever. Okay. Kind of thing. No. Um, <clears throat> so Ebola is a hemorrhagic fever. <clears throat> hemorrhagic fevers are not new. Yeah, what is that exactly? So, yeah. So yellow fever, you remember... Hearing about yellow fever, yeah, I remember hearing big about it, yeah. yellow fever. Out- well, what was yellow fever? Yellow fever was a hemorrhagic fever. Yellow fever was a hemorrhagic fever. Um, it was spread by mosquitoes, but the- nobody knew that at the time. There were big outbreaks. Benjamin Rush, Doctor Benjamin Rush, you know, that signed the Declaration <clears throat> of Independence and lived in Philadelphia and helped to, you know, create the medical schools there and so on and so forth. So um, he oversaw. Um, huge outbreak of yellow fever happens in the summertime in crowded cities, very humid and the patients develop a high fever and typically a headache and they just feel awful that's it, high fever, headache and it's just like I'm going to bed as if you had the flu and they get sicker muscle aches 
This goes on for about three days. And then they start vomiting blood. That's the hemorrhagic, uh, right? And then they start having bloody diarrhea. And they be, they lose their sense of consciousness, as it were. They're delirious. And then they turn yellow because the um, contagion, the yellow fever, attacks their liver, so they become jaundiced. That's hemorrhagic fever. It scares you to death when you see that. How did they find out that this was... Passed on through mosquitoes. Not till later. Wait, scares you to death as as a physician or as as a person as, as a, a human being. A human yeah, being. A, what happens? I mean, it's just okay, okay. You know, it's just like Any, everyone's scared. Everybody okay. is scared. How is it? Tra- how do you? How is it transmitted? Well, it's transmitted through mosquito bites, but they didn't really know that. They thought it was the bad air. You know, the, these. You know. So it's not contagious from person to person. Not exactly. I mean, it could possibly be, but mostly. Gotcha. Yellow fever was okay. spread okay. in the summertime by mosquitoes. Gotcha. And it looked like everybody's getting bit by the mosquitoes, so it looked like one person was giving it to another, but nobody really knew. Right. It's just that all hell broke loose, and you didn't know who was going to be sick and who would die. At that point, the um, mortality rate for yellow fever was about 30%. So some people had a relatively mild case of it, just like SARS and, and influenza. And then those people who became jaundiced, once you became jaundiced, once you became yellow... You were done. You were going to die. Once you started vomiting blood, you were going to die. Okay. So that was our first well-known hemorrhagic fever. Then the 1970s, um, a hemorrhagic fever broke out in Africa, and it was basically like that. Sudden high fever, headache, kind of crazy, feel sick, 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 sick. And then a couple days later, now you're vomiting blood, and now you've got bloody diarrhea. Imagine how terrifying that is. Yeah. Okay. And then you start bleeding under your skin, and then you start bleeding from your eyes. Now, Ebola can be spread in blood. Start bleeding from your eyes? Mm -hmm. Yep. And your mouth and your nose. A friend of mine had just been named the president of Medicine Sans Frontier, Joanne Liu, when I was at McGill University during my International Masters for Health Leadership, and she was in um, Africa for the Ebola outbreak. And she was begging the WHO to please come down here. It's a problem. And they were like, no, it's really not a problem. She's like, they're dying. She tells this horrifying story. Uh, she was all suited up, you know, looked like a moonshot, blue moonshot. And she goes into the tent and there is a, a little boy, little black boy, um, who's dying. And he says to her, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. Like, can you do something? And all she could say was, I know. Bleeding. That's all he could say. Okay, that's Ebola. Marburg is its first cousin. The mortality rate, the outer limit of the mortality rate for Marburg, remember yellow fever, okay, which was awful, 30% mortality rate. The outer limit for Marburg mortality rate is 90%. Oh, you get it. Wait, how is the Ebola? Um, how is that passed? Person to person. Person to person. Historically, person to person. But we're going to leave a big question okay. mark there okay. because um, when I heard that Marburg <clears throat> had been wargamed for a bioterrorist attack, right? Um, you always have to ask who's doing the wargaming and who's going to do the release. This is in the 70s, you said. 
No, this is recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Ebola and then Marburg first cousin. So there is an outbreak of Marburg right now in Tanzania. Um, there are a couple of little spots. There's always a couple of little spots of Ebola, usually in the Congo, you know, but nobody pays attention to what goes on in the Congo, the poor Congo, you know. It's um, bad for Africa. Like, it's like they're like a Petri they're... dish for everything. Yes. Well, yes and no. They could probably be a testing ground. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I was just going to yeah. say that. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're they trying could... everything there. Okay. So um, the story right now is, yeah, it'll be Marburg. Marburg would shut down the world and kill a lot of people very quickly. And it would scare you beyond being scared. Okay, you would, you would wish to be an extra in the movie Contagion rather than to be around for a Marburg outbreak. Turns out, and I found a paper, I didn't, I didn't think I brought that paper with me. Um, scientists were able to aerosolize Marburg now, normally... That was my next question. Marburg or Ebola, human-to-human -human transmission. Okay. But if, in fact, you created Marburg, or even if you found it in a monkey in the Congo, uh, and you were able to grow it in the lab, um, they aerosolized it. So they got a bunch of Marburg virus, and they put it in their little aerosol spray. They sprayed it into the room. <laughs> Yet you can spray it in the room, and it will stay there for 24 hours, continuing to be infectious. Well, if you can aerosolize Marburg, then you can aerosolize Marburg. And that would be a fine way to spread it everywhere all at once and kill a bunch of people before they knew what was happening. What's the gestation? Uh, the incubation period. Incubation, I mean. Sorry. Uh, maybe five days. I think maybe five days. Five to seven days. Now, is that natural or do you think that's engineered? Do you think they engineered it to make it longer? No. I think there's some things you don't have to toy with. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> some things. Wow. You, okay. Now, it would seem to me, based on my retrospective analysis of the COVID pandemic, that they aerosolized SARS-CoV-2. In fact... Recently, as a result of David Martin's uh, presentation to the European Parliament about a month ago, where he cited a patent uh, for a replication defective, an infectious replication defective coronavirus. That sounds like a lot. Let me walk you through that. Yeah, please. It's really important. Let me just see if I happen to have that here. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to need a bigger desk. <laughs> Next time. Here it is. UNC Chapel Hill files a patent, 727-9327, methods for producing recombinant coronavirus. And this goes on to describe... Recombinant? Piece it together. Okay. Um work that was done to create an, an infectious replication defective coronavirus. Okay, so let's take this one step at a time. What does the word infectious mean to you? Um, Top of your head. Foreign body invading. Okay, what happens after it invades? You get sick. Right. So some agent comes into you and makes you sick. Right. Okay. Jasmine, what makes 
of, say, influenza, which can come into you and make you sick, different from mustard gas that gets into you and makes you sick. Both of them get into you and make you sick. What's different about influenza virus compared to mustard gas? If the virus is alive? Well, viruses are not specifically alive. What else can viruses do that mustard gas can't do? Replicate. Yes. Give that man a hundred on his quiz. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So mustard gas gets in you and it stays in you. Okay, it might get into Jasmine, it stays in her. She's but not going to be considered like lives to in order to replicate. No, 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 no. We'll go not over, a we virus. Go, no, we can go over. We can go over that. <laughs> um, just like okay, let's just. Take it, you know. Okay. Hey, I got it right. You yeah, did. you got it right. Don't okay, steal it from so, me. so, so, so <laughs> there's one shining moment. There. Yeah. yeah. Right, sorry, right, right, sorry. Right. <laughs> so I, I remember telling you that in the last interview. I said you would make a good medical student. You okay, did not I me. did. So, so mustard gas can't. You can't spread mustard gas to her. Okay. She can spread influenza to you. The reason she can spread influenza because the virus gets into her and replicates. And because it's replicating inside your cells, it gets shed. It comes out in your sputum or whatever. You sneeze and boom, the virus goes down. That virus makes him sick, gives him the flu. Mustard gas doesn't do that. Sarin doesn't do that. Chlorine gas doesn't do that. Okay. So chlorine gas is a poison, pure and simple. Okay. There are bioweapons like smallpox. So the U.S. military took blankets from its soldiers that had smallpox and it gave them to the American Indians. Right. That smallpox is on the, the blankets and the American Indians who've never seen smallpox wiped them out. Okay. So that's real biowarfare. That's a bioweapon that can replicate and you can pass it. Okay. Um, we'll come to Marburg and monkeypox, which can be actually our bioweapons. Okay. So there are chemical weapons, and then there are bioweapons, and then there are the old-fashioned weapons, the guns and the knives and the bombs. Okay. This particular patent, in my view, was one of the first, if not the first, biochemical weapon. Let's look at the title again. Infectious. It's not infectious the way we understand infectious. It's infectious insofar as it can get into you, Mustard gas is not infectious. This, because it was replication defective, was not an infectious agent. It was just a pure poison. They call it infectious because they created it from a virus, but it's not a virus. It, this particular biochemical weapon, this poison, is able to get in, okay, and attach to your cells okay, the way a virus would do so, but it can't get out. This is SARS-CoV-2. This doesn't get out. This is the patent. It gets in. It doesn't get out. Masks are not going to help you. Social distancing is not going to help you. You don't make a vaccine to a poison. Right. Right. Okay. We just leave that on the table for a moment. You make a vaccine to exacerbate a poison. That's exactly right. Now we're turning you into the 
mustard gas bathroom. <laughs> okay. Now you're going to spew mustard gas all throughout your body. Yeah. And you might even spew it on her. <laughs> nice try, which is, and the other thing that this is not, that, that proves that this is not something that comes from nature is that the Supreme Court made it very clear in its decision, in the Myriad Genetics decision, that you cannot patent something that occurs in nature. You cannot patent something that occurs in nature. You can't patent a coronavirus. This is an infectious, replication, defective, chemical poison, and that's why they could patent it, because it doesn't occur in nature. It's just There's a, a patent on that? This is a patent. There it is, 727-9327. You just read it. It's a patent. I was there was so much on there. I know, I know, I know, I know. I get last time she brought some journal articles. And I was Yeah, well I I started I photocopied it at the end. So when so when David Martin so when David Martin was presenting this, you know, I was like, I want to take a look at that. And he was like, This is a bioweapon. And I'm like, it's replication defective. David Martin's obviously a smart guy. I'm not gonna argue. You know, he's the smartest guy in the room, okay? But I think he missed it. I think that the full appreciation of this, in my view, is that this is not a virus. It's not a coronavirus. It's not a bioweapon. It's a biochemical. It's a poison. It's a poison for which masks and social distancing and vaccines cannot work because you can't make a vaccine against mustard gas. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. You can't. You can make an antidote, but you can't make a vaccine. Okay. Let's talk about monkeypox. So monkeypox is a kind of a pox virus, belongs to the same family as smallpox. And monkeypox um, spreads human to human. All of our information on monkeypox, mostly in Africa, that's where they like to cook these things up, it looks like. Human to human, homosexual contact, by and large. That's what it appears. Some heterosexual, but mostly homosexual. Okay. But... It's not highly contagious. It's never been highly contagious. The outbreaks occur and they're very well contained and then they, they tend to go away. So let's look at a virus that was not highly contagious, that was spread among homosexuals. What comes to mind? AIDS. HIV, yeah. exactly. HIV. HIV. So it's, there was an outbreak in San Francisco. There was an outbreak in New York. And how long did it take HIV? Now, there was sex everywhere. We're talking about the early 80s. Okay, right. Everybody was still having sex like it was the 60s, right? <laughs> okay. um, lots of international travel, lots of gay bars, blah, blah, blah. How long did it take for HIV to go from the United States into four countries? I don't know. I don't even have a good guess. Jasmine, jump in. I have no idea. Six months. Two years. Two years. Two years for HIV. If all that sex, all that travel, nobody social distancing, nobody using... Okay. Two years to go into four countries. How long did it take monkeypox to get into 60 countries? 60? Recently. You're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that, like a couple weeks? Two months. Two months? One country every day. One new country every day. Now, and the majority of those people, and we've got published papers up one street and down the next, the majority of those people didn't know each other. 
I mean, the guys in San Francisco knew the guys in New York, okay? <laughs> they knew each yeah. other, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nevertheless, the majority of people who came down with monkeypox was about a year ago. Did not know each other. Had to get them around. Had to get 60 countries in 60 days. And the majority of these people didn't. 60 countries in 60 days. And then all of a sudden it went flat. It went totally underground. Yeah, it disappeared. Yes, I remember there were these outbreaks. And then, like you said, all of a sudden you just didn't hear about it anymore. Well, so um, I saw that and I was like, and a friend of mine who was also at McGill who had been in charge of smallpox for WHO. And she and I used to laugh. She said, I'm in charge of smallpox for the WHO. Smallpox doesn't exist. It's a good job, okay? <laughs> so monkeypox breaks out, and she gets pulled over. Now she's in charge of monkeypox. And I'm like, and I'm looking at the, I'm like, what? What? You know, three more countries, ten more. I'm like, right. how in the world? This is weaponized. <laughs> so then I look for the paper that shows that monkeypox can be aerosolized. Yeah. There's a paper out there that shows monkeypox can be aerosolized. So when I saw that, um, I was able to brief a very senior general. My little network, you know, the four or five people I know. <laughs> no other people. Okay. And so I called up one of my, my constitutional attorney friend guys, okay? And I said, they've weaponized monkeypox. They've aerosolized it. And he goes, what? <laughs> of course, he doesn't know what I'm talking about. But he does know this general. He said, I'm going to put you on the phone with the general tomorrow. So here I was, like, doing my first briefing for the three-star, you know. And uh, he was a very, very nice guy. And I said, this is why I think they weaponized monkeypox and aerosolized it. And he said, well, how did they even, where did they get it? So we know, based on the lineage, that this monkeypox circulating the past 12 months is a direct descendant from an outbreak in Nigeria, genetically, okay? Irrefutable evidence. We can do the genome. Dates right back there to 2019. And so the general said, well, you know, how did, how did they do it? And I'm like, so then I go <laughs> to the uh, NIH website, and I'm like, type in BSL, BSL3, BSL4 Labs, Africa. Idiots. They're idiots. They say right on the website that they have like eight or ten. The United States funds eight or ten BSL-3 labs in Nigeria. In Nigeria where they had a huge monkeypox outbreak. Okay? Like three, four, five years ago. This is a direct lineage. I said to the general, it's in the lab. It's in one of those labs, I can assure you. Because when they've got monkeypox outbreaks in Africa, in Nigeria... They send the specimen to the BSL-3 lab, one of eight or ten in the country, okay? And that's where they study it. And I'm like, yeah, somebody just overnighted that FedEx, that, to wherever it goes, the Ukraine, wherever they do this. Yeah. And it was aerosolized and dispersed. So monkeypox was not, um, it wasn't the next big thing. I, In my view, this is just me, okay? I think it was just, let's see if we can do it. Yeah, we can do it. We did it with... SARS-CoV-2. We called that a virus. We called that a novel virus. I think it was just a biochemical weapon. And we scared everybody into thinking that it was contagious. So, oh my God, I'm going to get it from you. When you're getting it from the air. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, and you have to social distance, put on a mask, but don't worry because here's a vaccine. Okay. So now 
we're going to turn our job of killing you over to you. You're not going to kill yourself. Yeah, you're going to volunteer you know? it. Hey, drink some hemlock. Why not? Okay. So um, I think monkeypox was another way to test dispersal methods. How fast could they disperse yeah. it? Yeah, they can get it out there pretty fast. Now, the problem with going with monkeypox as the next killer is this. The baby boomers have been vaccinated against smallpox. And smallpox provides about an 80, 85% lifetime immunity to monkeypox. They cross-react. So if you have, I was vaccinated against smallpox as a child. If I were to bump into monkeypox, I'd probably stand a good chance of being able to survive monkeypox because I'm immune against smallpox. Except for those people who were vaccinated because all bets are off. I have no idea what the vaccine did to your immune system. Right. But you've got baby boomers who have immunity to smallpox. Um, you've got maybe a 30% mortality with, small, with smallpox, monkeypox, maybe. Much less with monkeypox. Um, the Congo variety of monkeypox is a higher mortality rate. There's not a high mortality rate with monkeypox. As you know, because people just weren't dying. You know, one or two, maybe most. Mm -hmm. So you don't get a high mortality rate with monkeypox. So I think monkeypox is just sort of a dress rehearsal for the for the main show. Marburg, I think, is the main show. Wow. Okay, that would be the most likely thing. If I were going to try and kill everybody all at once, I would go. Let's do Marburg. Now, here's the thing. Where did Marburg originate? If if you know. In Africa. In Africa. That's yeah. one in Tanzania. The outbreak now is in Tanzania. Okay, so as soon as I heard. Marburg coming to town, coming to a theater near you. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, ready to the rescue. Okay. So I was like, okay, what's this? What is the cell membrane receptor for Marburg? Why would I want to know what is the cell, main, cell membrane receptor for Marburg? Because the cell membrane receptor for SARS CoV 2 is the ACE2 receptor. Remember that? I remember hearing that. Okay. Uh, so how does, how does the virus get into the cell? Because it can't just plow into the cell. It's got to get in through a receptor, a door. That has the key to that door. That door is locked unless you have the key. That door is the receptor. There are all kinds of receptors. ACE2 receptor, that's where SARS gets in. SARS can attach to the ACE2 receptor, can turn the knob and get in. Okay? So, if you block that with ivermectin or with vitamin D3, it's not going to get in. So the question I had when I'm like, oh, good, you're going to do Marburg on us. <laughs> What's the cell membrane receptor for Marburg? So I did a search, Google search, you know, scholar Google search. And don't you know, back in, this is 2015, yeah, 2015, they researchers it. at the University of Illinois, who obviously were not part of the plot, to kill us all with Marburg, okay? These were just regular old scientists at the University of Illinois Department of Microbiology, and they were like, what are the receptors for Marburg? Okay, because, you know, Marburg could become a problem. Everybody's worried. It could be Ebola. It could be Marburg. I don't think these guys were thinking they're going to weaponize it. I think they were just like, you know, good old boys. Let's figure out what the receptor is. What can we do? So there are four different types of receptors that Marburg could use to get in, and one of them is a histamine receptor. How would you block a histamine receptor? 
With antihistamine? I was just going to say the same thing. I'm telling you, he's going to graduate. (laughs) We're going to give him an honorary degree. Like like in the Wizard of Oz, right? (laughs) We're going to give him his degree. (laughs) And antihistamine. So they tested prescription antihistamines. And antihistamines, these prescription antihistamines, were very effective at preventing Marburg infection. So I looked at these antihistamines, okay? And I was like, wow, an antihistamine. So can you think of sort of a commonly available antihistamine? Benadryl. Benadryl. (laughs) Benadryl. So I'm like, Benadryl can prevent Marburg infection? Are you kidding me? So (laughs) I was like, okay, let me look into this before I get too excited. So I looked at the paper again. I'm like, I... I looked up Benadryl, and Benadryl is a powerful antihistamine, very powerful, very effective. It's been replaced by others because it really makes you sleepy. Yeah, but whatever. I read it, and I then, love it. and then I got in touch with uh, another physician, very highly credentialed, qualified physician, and I said, "Would you take a look at this paper and take a look at Benadryl and see what you think? Do you think Benadryl would work?" And she looked at it and she said. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then I said, okay, this is great. You and I agree. Let's, let's get an expert in here. Okay. Cause like I'm pretty smart. You're pretty smart, but you know, we, we're not experts on this. So I found God sent me, don't you know, like three days later, introduced me to a woman who ha- is a pharmacologist, professor of biochemistry, okay, professor of pharmacology and biochemistry. Yeah. And I sent her the paper and I said, do you think Benadryl would be ineffective? preventive and she said absolutely (laughs) i was like okay we're done (laughs) benadryl benadryl well now i can't (laughs) i can't promise you i can't promise you okay we're not we're not going to do any clinical studies where we're going to give ten thousand people marburg virus and five thousand of them are going to get benadryl and five thousand are going to get sugar pill we're not going to do that okay what we might want to do is get some Benadryl and have it in the house. Yeah. And yeah. if and if there is, all hell breaks loose. Um, those of us who have been able to step forward to tell you what to do in a crisis, we'll put our heads together very quickly and let you know what to do if it looks like it's Marburg and how much Benadryl to take. Here's the good news. The people who were diagnosed and survived Marburg in Africa in the 1970s, those who survived have lifelong immunity to Marburg. Lifelong wow. immunity. Oh, so all you would really need to do if this were to work, if Benadryl were to work, would be to just survive being exposed. And then you're good. And then you're good to go. Wow. Benadryl. Benadryl. No promises. I just think, you know, I bought a lifetime supply for thirty dollars. <laughs> you could sleep okay. right through the whole yeah. thing. That's right. Okay. You no one is going to be wake you know, me up like using heavy machinery. Yeah. No, no, no. Because if it were Marburg, you would just you would not open the front door. That you would fine. not. Op- you would live on whatever is in the house. Okay, you would not pay your bills. They would turn the lights off. You would stay inside. You would, and we would be able to tell you. When to take your Benadryl, how much to take, and for how long to take it. I have Benadryl. So do I. 
<laughs> get more. I will. Uh, yeah, yeah, get more. <laughs> get, however get long more. it takes, I'm going to yeah, get more. As a matter of fact, a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine uh, where, he's in Virginia, so I told him about it. He was a little skeptical, you know, and I was like, okay. I said, let me let me check this out. So I, I said, I checked it out with another very qualified physician, and we checked it out with a professor of biochemistry and pharmacology. He goes, okay. So then he was like, okay, I'll go get, get some Benadryl. So he goes to the pharmacy, and they would only let him get three boxes. They wouldn't let him get him. He, he walks to the counter with six. They would only let him buy three. So I think this is a good uh, place to segue into also talking about the drug shortages <laughs> that's yeah. taking place. Um, it's actually highly I wasn't concerning. even aware of that till last till Ankish. Who was a pharmacist, now, I, by the way? I brought that up. Keep last last. Well, yeah. you brought it up, yeah, but I wasn't aware of it until we had that conversation yes. with Ankish. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been reported yeah. that it's a whole wide range yes. of medications, yes. um, especially, you know, life-saving yes. cancer, yes. you know, drugs. And I don't know, what are your thoughts on that, especially being that you're a cancer mm-hmm. specialist? Yeah. And Well, I knew that there was a supply chain problem about a year and a half ago. There was, a, let's see, an epinephrine shortage that was staged. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, if we can make and roll out enough, you know, vaccines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can do that for everybody yeah, yeah. and even mess up batches and, and come up with these new batches. Right. But there's these, not enough epinephrine. Oh, yeah. Dear. Or propofol. Okay. Um, but that seemed, to, that seemed to have abated, but Tonight, I learned, this is my first, you know, experience with this, a, a cancer patient of mine um, said he can no longer get any of his pain medication. He has stage four, but he's in remission. But he can no longer get any of his pain medication. Nice. Um, and I said to, about the other medication that he's taking, I said, how much do you have of that? He said, I have enough through August, I said get enough for the rest of the year, okay? I'm hearing from him tonight. He has a friend with lung cancer, can't get his chemo, okay? China makes all the medications. India supplies the raw materials to China that makes the medications. China is obviously shutting down the supply chain. Whether they're doing that to put the squeeze on us because they're getting ready to go to the gold standard, I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, But the supply chain is now in a state of collapse, Get your Benadryl. Any other medications that you feel you need, get it. Um, if you can't get it from your regular local pharmacy, start calling compounding pharmacies. Some compounding pharmacies have run out of the raw ingredients to compound the medications. Um, I do know from another patient who has, is a cancer patient with pain, and she took turmeric for pain. So I told my patient tonight, I said, try turmeric. I don't know if it works. CBD cream. CBD. Turmeric works great. I take turmeric every day. Well, it, apparently it may work for pain. I know that CBD cream, okay, works amazing on pain. Amazing. And it's peculiar because this is now starting to make sense to me today. I order it. I just like to have it. Um, I can tell you some stories about my own personal injuries and then using CBD cream. And I'm like, you really? Think, you would think the Archangel Raphael. <laughs> Was like putting his feathered arms all <laughs> yeah. over it. I can't even believe how fast it works. Wow. Um, so I started ordering it, you know, a subscription. Okay. Amazon's no longer delivering it. They don't know when it's coming in, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, really? 
I think I've got three jars in the house. I'm going to say that, you know, like after the Boston Tea Party, you know, counting your tea leaves, okay? So if you can get your, and you probably still can, even if you can't, you know, get it from Amazon, there are a lot of head shops around and so forth, get your hands on plenty of CBD cream. It works very well for pain, just topically. If you have bone pain, put it on. If you have sprained wrist, put it on, put it on everywhere. So turmeric CBD cream for pain, um, and then stay tuned for alternatives with regard to medications that might be able to help you if you all of a sudden don't have access to your chemotherapy. Right. That's wild. Yeah. So I'll stock up now. Yeah, I know. Um, Depopulation at its finest. Well, right. Since we, yeah. I think all of it goes leads to yeah. depopulation. Yeah, I, I mean they so. need to get rid of. A lot of us. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I mean, really, ninety percent well, is about what they need to. How many? How many kids? Going back to kids. Yeah. How many kids do you think are are bound to lose the ability to procreate because of everything that they're going through? Surgeries, um, drugs, hormone okay, blockers. So hormone blockers, everything. Okay, so. Uh, I'm going to take you to another whole place. Um, Love that. Yeah, so Gompertz, G-O-M-P-E-R-T-Z, was a Dutch mathematician. Actuarial. I think he's actuarial. Mathematician, same thing. They're a special breed, actuaries. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're special. Yeah, yeah. They make accountants look exciting. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've only known a couple. So Gompertz um, was able to mathematically understand the growth of populations and what happens to populations as they grow. So populations grow very, very quickly, and then they top out. So the growth, the rate of growth slows and then it plateaus. And um, Larry Norton at Memorial Sun Kettering, the only reason I know about this, is Larry Norton um, was aware of the Gumpertzian growth curve, and he applied that to tumors and chemotherapy. And what he discovered was that Gumpertzian growth with regard to populations applies to populations of tumor cells. So if you start with a few tumor cells, they grow very rapidly until they sort of max out on the resources, the growth slows and plateaus. If you kill them, if you kill the population down to about where it started, it will zip back up again very quickly and plateau. So the question is, would the children, our children, you know, the world's children now, are they going to be undone? Will the world be undone by the genocide, by the sterilization? The sterilization that has resulted from the COVID vaccinations um, from the spike protein, um, from the transgenderism, you know. Well, that's the scariest one of the All of the it. transgender. But all of it. Are you going to mutilate yourself? I mean, really. What about the abortions? And the abortions. abortions. Late, late term yeah. abortions. Late term. So all of that. All of that is a way to depopulate, depopulate. Yeah. And then you're going to throw a pandemic on top of it, and you're going to throw Marburg on top of it. Okay. So what's going to happen is you're not going to win. Not going to happen. And I'll tell you why. In a minute. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to win. And then what will happen, this is what, this is what the baby boomers were all about. What, what was the baby boomer thing? What was that? 
Why did they have it? Why were the baby boomers? Why? Coming home from war and living prosperous life, I thought. Well, well, living a prosperous life and living a sexually active life. Yeah. Because those are soldiers over there, okay? And their wives and girlfriends are over here. Right. And they're back. Right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to have you home. Here's some children, okay? <laughs> 76 million children were born. Okay, so you separate men and women in the period of war. Right. And then you bring them back together and you have a baby boom. So however it is that you arrange to annihilate procreation, you know, by convincing people that they're they're not the sex that they are, all this nonsense, trying to kill them, trying to sterilize them, um, what will happen is nature will prevail. And after we're on the other side of this, so we're, we are going to get to the other side of this. I don't think this is the end of the world for us. I don't, I don't think it's the end of the United States either. I think we're in for a big battle royale, but I don't think it's the end of us. Um, we will win, um, and then we will start having babies again like nobody's business. So, you know, I would buy Toys R Us at 10 cents a share. <laughs> and hold. Yeah. <laughs> and hold. Buy yeah. and hold. It's, Buy yeah, and I hold. agree with you. I, I mean, I don't think there is a... It depends on what you... um, How you define win. Or how they define lose. Really more so. Because I, don't, I don't see... I don't see the people... I don't see us... People uh-huh. like-minded like us. I don't see us losing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But is that winning for them? Okay. You know? I mean, like... Because yeah. we're still going to have a catastrophic loss. Yes. No matter how you look at it. So... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It... it, it Who's getting what they want? Well, will good prevail over evil? Yeah, because really? but like the, you just said, question. but like you just said, it's almost like that constant, like that seesaw that happens. Like if you don't, um, like a cancer cell, if you don't get it all, it zooms right back up. You know, so if we don't get rid of all the evil, it's just going to be if you stop cyclical. It from, if you stop it from growing, it dies. Die. If you can stop it from growing, it dies. So even what we're doing here. Okay, we're stopping it from growing. That right. should be yeah, the that's true. that should be the title of this. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. Driving it home, yeah. But okay. just with our yeah. conversation, just this. And even if we, you know, only ten people here, okay, <laughs> we're stopping we're it stopping here. It, yeah. Okay, um, so here is where we're going to go into physics, or we're going to go into actually metaphysics for a moment. Cool. So there's such a thing as a field. You understand what a field is, right? So uh, a magnetic field, right? So there's a magnetic field. There's an electromagnetic field, okay? And anything, there's a gravitational field. And anything that comes into that field, any mass that comes into the field, it has is impacted by that field. So if you take a magnet and you take, um, like, what, um, metal filings, and you put a magnet, you know, under it like that, the, the filings will follow the magnet, right? That's like, you know, grade school. Oh, it's probably yeah. cool. what, What's that? What's going on? I mean, that's a, it's a magnetic field. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fields cannot be destroyed. Energy right. is, is the result of the field. Uh, fields cannot be destroyed. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. Just changes. They're permanent. Form. They're infinite. They're permanent. Those fields cannot be destroyed. Gravitational field cannot be destroyed. Mass can be destroyed. 
we're going to die. Okay. You know, our sun is going to supernova. Our The Milky Way is going to run into the Andromeda, and that's going to be a, a big boom at some point. Yeah, mass can be destroyed. Mass can be created. Mass can be destroyed. But fields cannot. So the field, in fact, is more powerful than the mass it gives rise to. So the whole thing with the Higgs boson and the Higgs field, mm-hmm. um, and probably at the end you should attach you know, to, to this interview. Um, you can pull it off of YouTube, uh, the, the scientific announcement. Uh, in, I believe it was in CERN um, when scientists proved that the Higgs boson existed. Um, and they, they did all of their hocus-pocus in a particle physics, and everybody comes into this small amphitheater, and Higgs is there, and they're presenting <laughs> equations that you can, you know, you would just go blind trying to read from one end of the paper to the other. <laughs> and at the end, they were like, yes, it exists. Everybody applauds, and, and Higgs goes on to win the Nobel Prize and so forth. Um, that field, the Higgs field, under the right circumstances, gives rise to mass. So the field can neither be created nor destroyed, right? But it can create, as a result, mass. The field is always more powerful than the mass it gives rise to. Okay. So what's the field? In our we-believe-in-God frame of mind, it's God, and it's good, and it's eternal. So... We may have all this evil, destructive stuff, which in my view is just a way of clarifying things, really. I think all this evil and destruction is clarifying, um, but that's more philosophic. I think as long as we maintain what is good and try and do what is right and honest and try and stop the growth of things that are destructive, the field will be more powerful. So in the United States, we have a field of um, a belief in the rule of law and human rights. Um, we have a bill of rights. We have a body of law. Um, even children at the age of three will whine and say, it's not fair, it's not fair. How do children at the age of three know it's not fair? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do they know? They drive you crazy, you know? She has ice cream, I know, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah. What's fair all about? It's not right. That's the field. So. I get it. Yep. That's such, yeah, that's an interesting way of Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to definitely read into that a little bit more, to be honest. Yeah, attach the, yeah, that video of Higgs, because that was such a fantastic, that was actually. We're going to be attaching a lot of things to this. Yeah. <laughs> It was as good as the as the lunar landing that that whole skit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm uh I'm interested to learn more about that for sure. Um, what else? I don't know. I don't even know where to go. I wanted to say before that there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to make a point that uh, I heard Jordan Peterson say, which I thought is he's just a genius. But he brought up a good point. It was more or less like how the other side, the evil people, they're actually really they're evil. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but they're actually really smart in how they're trying to manipulate. And he brought up a really good point that one some some woman in I forget who it was exactly, but uh, she had said that she has two children. One is pansexual, one is transsexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did the math on it, and he's like, "What are the odds that mm-hmm. you have a transsexual child? Is one in three thousand? Yeah. And what are the odds that you have um, a child that's pansexual? Yeah. 
And he even said, he goes, I don't know even what that is. No one I knew what it was until five years ago. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he goes, well, the odds of that has to be even more. But we'll say yeah. it's one in 3,000. Yeah. That the odds you have both is one in nine million. Yeah. And then right. he said, what are the odds that, I mean, he had, there was more to this. But he said, what are the odds that you're a devouring mother? It's 899,999 to one. Yeah. So, like, these parents are almost virtue signaling with their children. Yeah. Right. So how did and that it's happen? Disgusting. So I, I remember I think I mentioned to you before we got on the show here about the blood brain barrier. Yep. Okay. So the blood brain barrier is um, a it's a it's a biochemical membrane um, shield that protects the brain from a lot of what goes on outside the brain, which is pretty important because you really do need the brain to get around, and so the brain needs to be protected. Some from, people get along. Just fine without they it. appear to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so there's a blood-brain barrier that keeps a lot of stuff out. Now, there are things that easily cross the blood-brain barrier. So nitrous oxide does. Um, alcohol does. Uh, cannabis does. Okay. Anesthetic gases do. Uh, but there are large molecules that don't cross the blood-brain barrier. So the brain is protected. Now, these are masses. Right, they're masses, molecules. There's another way to cross the blood-brain barrier. What do you think? How might, how else? If you can't get a molecule into the brain, what else could you get into the brain? And how else could you get into the brain? The sort of psyop, I would think. Light. 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 This is all light. TV. This is all light. Yeah. These are electrons. This is light. Okay, electrons, photons. Yeah. Okay, that's like sure. right straight into the eye, captured by the optic nerve. The optic nerve is a nerve that comes out of the brain. <laughs> okay, so they've got a nerve that comes right out of the brain, is attached to the retina, coming in <laughs> through the cornea, and the lens is light. Got it. Okay, screens. Yeah. It's funny, what I say, what I, my, my big awakening, I should say, is like, when I, I feel like I learned the most when I stopped watching television. Yeah. I really do. I yeah, really yeah. do. It's but like, I, also, I, everything became uh-huh. so clear the second I wasn't being fed information yes. that was wrong. Yeah. But also, you know, I, I agree with you, but I felt like, you know, with the whole thing with the internet, like I would just get sucked in as well. Yeah. And that, it really is. It really is. And even though, you know, I'm, I'm still like I'm still looking into things and yeah. reading up on things, but also the light, um, uh-huh. I, I feel like it's just so damaging as well because I'll have to literally yeah. pull myself away. Yes. Yeah. And then look at the time and say, oh, wow, it's been yeah. 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know. I lost Where's the day. Where's the yeah. day? <laughs> I actually have a hypothesis that a lot of the violence that is being instilled <clears throat> is coming through online porn. Yes, yes. I think right? there's I think, been Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually and... think, yeah, it's just that so men are easily addicted to porn. And so you make it sort of free and completely available. Yep. And there is sort of an insatiability yeah. about that, right? Because it gets more graphic and then, you know, it desensitizes. Well, just, it, you know, in terms of calories, you could probably eat a whole cake. I could probably eat a whole cake if I was asking you a whole like, cake. Where's okay. she going with this porn calories? Okay. okay, so but I'm saying at some point you get full. This yeah. is not true of the sex. This is not this is basically this yeah. is, it's not okay, so there's an there's not a feedback loop for I'm done. 
when it comes to sex. Uh, There's usually a feedback loop with, okay, I've had enough. Okay, now I'm going to go take a nap. Okay. So if you have something that is as triggering and addictive as online porn for men who are naturally just aggressive anyway because of their testosterone, and then you add whatever the light waves are to add violence, because in fact... Sex is a violent act, if you think about it. It's not, doesn't have to be violent in terms of being offensive, but physiologically, yeah. you know, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a penetration, so it's, it's violent. If you then add electromagnetic radiation to that and you imbue that with more violence and you target young adolescent men, okay, it doesn't take much for the guy behind the screen to figure out that that guy is very vulnerable and they'll go hard on him so that he gets the assault rifle and somebody knows to give him the assault rifle, okay, and all of a sudden he shows up at the bar. Okay, that's not random. That's planned. That's targeted and that's planned. Oh, yeah, they're all, I think they're all created. Yeah, this is, I... I, A lot of these people are created, I think. I mean, before, you know, Pornhub and, and... you know, the uh, mm. other sites had oh. blown up. I mean, think about all the really violent and graphic sexual video games. Oh, right. And, and well, video that, games are Yeah, it was Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, all right. these <laughs> other ones. But for years, and yeah. you didn't even see children playing outside anymore. Everybody was, you know, mm-hmm. sucked into these games. Yeah. And, and then you were able to, yeah. I guess, connect with other players. And like team up together, go take out these characters. Um, but yeah, it, it yeah, just video games are, got are so violent. aggressive. Yeah, they are, and then right, right. yeah, and then I, I just felt like it yeah. was. Then it led to the porn, and now it's like you know, yeah. Pornhub is mainstream. It really is. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, right. it's um, it's it's really interesting yeah. that you were talking about you know the violence uh, in connection with the light because yeah. I. It's, yeah, I think it makes total yeah, sense. Yeah. Turn, off, I do. turn off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> turn off the screen. Yeah, wake Absolutely. up and turn off yep. the screen for yep. sure. Yep. Yep. Stop the growth. <laughs> yeah, stop the growth. Yeah, exactly. Stop feeding it. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, we're hitting, we're out, we're over two hours. Are we really? Yeah, we're over two hours. This is like a Patrick Bet David thing. Yeah, we're over two, we're over two hours of what Substance. we're using. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still got so, Yeah, ago. yeah. Um. So I don't know. We, we do want to. We call. We could always continue this again. Yeah. Time. So I'm going to suggest that we stop talking yeah. and, okay. and wrap. Yeah. And um, then I will get back to you hopefully in the near future. Sure. Um, and we'll be uh, saying kind of yeah. decent content. Yeah. For and sure. for the next, you know, big thing. Yeah. I I, I texted her the minute I heard about monkeypox. <laughs> I, I was like, "What do you think of this?" Yeah, yeah. Got it. We're, I have my own covered. thoughts, but what do you think? Yeah, got it, covered. <laughs> got it covered. Yeah, I think actually to sum it up, I think they're running out of options. I think they're running. I think if they thought they were going to kill us with Marburg, we're on to them with Benadryl. I don't yeah. think they inoculated enough people with what? With the vaccine. For the vaccine. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're like, right, I don't right. think they hit the oh, number yeah. they wanted to hit. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. No, you'd have to get a much higher hit rate. Yeah. 30%. 30% of people, it seems like, uh, we're not vaccinated. Might be higher, but 30%. 30% left so 30 standing. Per- left standing, unvaccinated. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. Really? That's, yeah. So, 
You were talking 90 million, a little over 90 million people with guns. Yeah. Who are not vaccinated. Yeah. And a lot of people who were vaccinated with guns who like, I'm not getting a, I'm not getting a booster. And they're like, you know, and I know somebody who died and, you know, yeah. somebody who had cancer, you know, so you have some of those. They didn't hit their mark. Without a doubt, they didn't hit their mark. They wouldn't be giving away everything just to get you to take a shot. Look, I got to tell you, 90 people with guns is just more than you can handle. And if it's yeah. 90 people with guns and Benadryl, then you got a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I'll be, I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I will definitely be getting some Benadryl. But yeah, let, let, let's wrap it up there. I think okay. that's a pretty good ending. Thank you so much for coming again. Again, yeah. one of the show's favorite guests by far. Anytime yeah. you want to do it, you let thank me you. know. Thank you. Jasmine, thank you. And thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs>